0: This podcast contains real talk about the mayhem of motherhood, along with a weekly medical mystery. Because all of these topics can be pretty graphic, and because we use explicit language, listener discretion is advised.
1: The Motherhood, Mayhem, and Medical Mysteries podcast. On this show, we are not attempting to solve
0: the major medical mysteries of the world or tell you how to raise your kids. We are definitely
1: not doctors or scientists of any kind. We are just two moms here to provide you with support, resources, and maybe a few laughs along the way. We do a
0: lot of research and will definitely share the things we learn, but please talk to a professional if you have specific concerns about your experiences
1: here's melanie she sleeps with a squishmallow
0: and that's miranda she was once kicked out of cheerleading camp
1: for bringing a pocket knife i have to tell you the story behind my inspiration for tonight's topic (laughs) in motherhood Based on the look on your face,
0: I am ready for this story. No, no,
1: you're not. You're not. (laughs) Nothing will ever let anyone ever be ready for a story like this. But suit up, because here we go. Okay. So, (laughs) So, you know, we have some awesome friends that live over in Wilmington on the coast. And we hadn't visited them for a while, so we had a long weekend opportunity. And my husband and I are like, let's go visit our friends out in Wilmington. Awesome, great trip. And I'm thinking this is gonna be the easiest little weekend trip that anybody's ever seen. It's like a two hour drive from here, and we're just gonna go and and just visit friends and have fun. We're not fooling with hotels or anything like that. We're just gonna stay at their house, super low key, super chill, and they're awesome, great people, right? right well you can take the dog it's like a basically a free trip yes yes it's beautiful It sounds great it's amazing so we get everything packed up and we're in the car and we're on the way and fisher says about an hour into the trip i have to poop Hmm. and i'm like okay cool thanks for telling me there is a really, really nice gas station up ahead that I go to all the time that has, like, the cleanest bathrooms. It's, like, the nicest gas station that there ever was on planet Earth, and that's where we'll go. And so I'm like, just hold on. We'll be there in, like, six minutes. It's, like, literally three or four more exits down the interstate right there. Okay, Yeah. that so sounds he- That sounds feasible. Doable. So he's sitting back there, and he's like... I don't know if I can hold it. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, you can hold it, buddy. You can do it. Just just clench for me. Okay, just hang on. We're almost there because now I've got my sights set on the really nice bathrooms and it's going to just be great. They have like a little area for for Finley to get out and like do his business, too. So I'm like, this has to be our stop. Well, so we arrive at the gas station and I told Brad, I'm like, hey, just do like a rolling stop, like don't even, like, Fisher's like, unbuckled. Let me jump out. Correct. Like we're like not even, you're going to drop us off at the door and we are running in because Fisher's already, you know, made all the noises. So, and the smells. <laughs> oh, so no. um, grab him out of the car. We're running in. Fortunately, there's no line in the bathroom. Bathrooms are immaculate. You could eat off the floor. I'm not exaggerating. Off we go into one of the stalls. And I go to pull down his pants. Oh, no. Oh. He's already pooped in his pants. Oh. And I think the reason that he pooped in his pants was it was a little i mean we're not talking like milkshake but we're talking oh. like soft serve Ew. so i was just gonna uh, ask you yeah. okay yeah. so this is not this not isn't great, great. however mm. however i i'm evaluating the situation here fortunately we're in the really really nice bathroom they even have like it's like foaming hand sanitizer on the wall. Wow! Uh, yeah, no, in the stall. So okay. I'm just like, here's what we're gonna do. I roll up my sleeves. We pull his shoes off. We pull his pants off. We are about to do the college guy at a at a, a big party move. You're even the underwear, aren't you? Oh well, the underwear is gonna be sacrificed regardless. The pants are fine. The underwear did its job. It contained everything, okay. and so. I, you know, I remove the pants, I kind of set them nicely to the to the side here again, floors are clean. So like, I'm on my knees. And normally, that would be like, not the best situation. But Mm -hmm. I'm telling you cleanest bathroom you've ever seen in your entire life. It's like cleaner than my bathroom at my house. So, Mm -hmm. so I go to take off his underwear, I kind of fold it up. And um, Uh I kind of set it to the side. It's going to be sacrificed. Uh I think I got even like they've got the, um, you know, those little uh, sheets that you can put on the toilet seat. They've got some of those. So I like lay one of those and put his underwear in that and kind of follow. Yeah, like fold it over. So um, fold in the cheese, Dave. That was very courteous of you. Yeah. So it's like a whole thing. Fisher sits down on the potty and he, you know, there's some more. So he does his thing. I get the hand sanitizer and I'm just kind of tidying up a little bit. You know, he's good. This was an accident. This came out a little too fast. He told me he needed to go and that it was happening. I did the best that I could, but here Mm -hmm. was the situation. So anyway, we're good. I take the poopy folded up underwear in the tissue paper thingy and I put it in the trash can. We wash our hands. He is now commando and he's cool and we're fine. And I'm like, this was a great success, right? Sounds like it. I mean, I think you got it. I mean, right, right. Now, there are some things and I'm going to get to this later in my segment that could have made this a whole lot better. So we'll get to that put a pin in it, but we walk out of the gas station and Brad has pulled Finley's dog bed out of the back of the car. And he has got like paper towels or something from the men's bathroom. And he's like doing something. And I'm and like, so what you're happened? looking at him like, what? Now what? Well, I guess in all of the fluster and excitement of the rolling stop and getting Fisher unbuckled and all of this commotion, Finley got very um, anxious and you yeah. know, he's getting old. He's like 10 now. So so he pees all over his dog bed. Oh, no. So now we're like, okay, well, we're just gonna have to sacrifice the dog bed and try um, But that's try the to get... new dog bed that I you just know. got. It's... After it, the... I, I feel like I get a new dog bed every other week now. Like, it's just... Okay. It, you have a dog who's old with a leaky bladder. They need to be changed frequently. Yeah. So Okay. It, so we get all of this handled. Everybody's good. We get back on the road and you
0: breathe a sigh of relief because it feels like you just won that situation yeah i'm like you
1: know what that wasn't that bad like it was fine and we got through it and fisher you know i i know you communicated with me what was going on and i couldn't get to the situation fast enough but we'll continue to work on this you know i didn't want him to like feel like he had done something wrong or anything like that. So we played it off and everything was fine. It was just a little accident. So off we go down the road about 45 more minutes. And he says, Mama, I have to poop again. And I look at Brad, oh. and I'm like, "We have to find the closest exit because, again, we had a soft serve situation back at the other yeah. gas station. Yeah, and I'm not putting any any risks out there for myself. So we find the very next exit, and at this point, we're definitely in no man's land. There is like nothing for 30 miles. So finally, there's an exit that's like right up ahead, and I'm like, "Just take it, just take it. It doesn't matter. So we pull off the exit it and the little sign on the ramp is like oh the nearest gas station is 2.6 miles oh, down the highway I hate that i would yeah. like to file a complaint know. don't know. do that to mm. us if it is not within half a mile it should not get a sign that's all i'm saying I think that's fair i think that's fair maybe we can talk to the department of transportation and make that happen because i was like oh no (laughs) but there's nothing else like there's not another exit for miles so i'm like this is our only chance this is our only hope so here we go to this gas station it is not as nice as the other one was by any stretch of the imagination this is like This was, like, the podunk nasty gas station that had, like, a fishing tackle place oh, in the back.
0: Oh, it was the bait and tackle oh, shop in bad. the back. Oh, it could was Could you bad. drink a
1: beer back there? Oh, I'm sure never a good could. sign. Out of the cooler. Straight out of the can out yeah. of the cooler. Yeah. on ice. Anyway, so we get in there. We're, we're making it to the gas station, and Fisher's making all the same noises, you know. Oh, oh no. Bull, bull. And and I'm it- like, hold on, buddy. Hold on. I can't hold on much longer. Anyway, we get out of the gas station, and I realize he has shot himself. This is what happened. And now he's commando. Yeah. So so I'm telling Brad, I'm like, get into his suitcase, find him some clothes. I'm going to go ahead and take him into the bathroom in case, you know, there's more. (laughs) There's more behind this. Right, right. So we rush in there. Now there's three stalls, and we're going to paint this picture for you. Two of the three stalls look like a crime scene. Okay. It has been an explosive problem in two out of the three stalls there is one stall that is salvageable and that's where we head and unfortunately it's the smallest one you know it's not like the of big course, it's the, the big wide one. one it's the skinny one and the door like opens like... into the toilet where it's like oh it's terrible
0: I feel like by the look on your face that even though you said it was the best one, it was still really bad. Oh, it was so bad. Are you kidding me? It, it was, was one so of bad. those that we mentioned in an earlier episode where you don't want to even touch the door to go into it. like Correct. And
1: I'm like, you know, here we are, there's yeah, nothing what else are you gonna to do. do. What can I do? So same process. We pull off his shoes and now I'm like, oh, my God, he's standing in his socks on this nasty bathroom floor ugh, like these ugh. socks are going in the trash. Off come the pants, um, which are covered in poop. And oh. and then he starts trying to help me like clean, oh no and I'm like buddy stop <laughs> and I kind of like got a little through the clenched teeth you know I'm like stop yeah. trying to help me Because at this point, I'm like, this is the second. Like, this is round two of the soft serve poop. And I am in the nastiest bathroom stall of my entire life. So it's tiny. It's so bad, Melanie. Like, I can't describe to you. And so then, of course, to make matters worse, like, five women come to come use the bathroom. And there's, like, a line of women all of a sudden. And I'm like, look, y'all, here's the situation in here. Those two stalls are, like atrocious and what's happening in here isn't much better so i don't know where the next gas station is but you may want to find it right and, and one of these women bless her she's a warrior she's like i don't care i gotta go and off she goes like to crime scene number one bathroom and she's just gonna <laughs> she's gonna do it she, and i'm like she's More doing it. To you, you got you gotta go. You gotta go. More power to you, ma'am. I mad respect because I would not touch that particular bathroom with a ten foot pole. Then I'm again trying to help Fisher, trying to clean him up. I have none of the resources that I had at the previous gas station, no. and I'm texting Brad like I need pants, I need baby wipes, like I need something. So he buys baby wipes at the counter, and then. He, I think he would have just handed them through the door to me, but now there's like five women deep, so it's not like he can just come into the women's restroom. Right. So it was like a pass the pants and the oh, baby no, wipes they, like, down. Like everybody's involved now. <laughs> there's no other way to do it, and so my husband's like, "Um, can you hand these to the struggling mother in there?" Yeah. So <laughs> But install number one. So here comes all the stuff. I'm handling this. Fisher's trying to clean. I'm like stop it and so finally get him cleaned up the pants go in the trash i'm not saving the pants i i don't blame you one bit we can it's, it's not find worth more it. pants there they go i am sorry gas station but i had to do it and then finally fisher and i go to wash our hands and i am like trying to give myself like a miniature bath in the sink because this was such a disgusting experience and fisher's over here going mama they have my most favorite red soap at this gas station and I'm like well I'm glad you're having a good time he found a silver lining he's excited he was but I snapped at him because I was like that's great and then, (laughs) right when I said that like through my gritted teeth mom install number two now at this point or maybe she had gone to the one that we just came out of she goes you're doing a great job mom you've got this God bless her. I know. And I said, it wouldn't be so bad if this wasn't the second time that it's happened. Right. right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, geez. So that is the whole context of what not to do. We're going to talk about some tools, tips, and resources and strategies to help you not have to be in that shitty situation. I am looking forward to it. Oh my, you poor woman. (laughs) So we're doing a whole summer series, Melanie, and I know you have another summer-related medical mystery for us tonight. What is it? we
0: are going to talk about summer stings that's a lot of S's sorry listeners but we are talking about summer stings so what I wanted to do like like Miranda said in our summer segment we are talking about some different things to be aware of um, just to keep in your mind when it comes to us being outdoors more and doing all of the things that we do in the summer months so Of course, if we're outside more, there is a greater risk of bug bites just because we're outside. Now, most of these are just annoying or itchy, but of course, sometimes they can pose a more serious risk. So we're going to talk about the most common summer stings, and then I'm going to give us some tips on what to do about them or how to avoid them, that kind of deal. Okay. First and foremost, do you have a guess what the most common summer sting or bite is? A sting or a bite? Well, I mean, stings slash bites. Definitely mosquitoes. Yep. A hundred percent. Okay. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are essentially just really
1: annoying. They really are. Mel Um, says mosquito. I say mosquito. (laughs) The same difference. Mosquito, mosquito, whatever. I also say potato. Potato. (sighs) It's true.
0: <laughs> but mosquitoes, of course, cause itchy red bumps, rashes, and many people are more susceptible to mosquito bites. I mean, I think we all have that one friend that mosquitoes mm-hmm. just love. Yes. Yeah, and the other that they don't really care about. Mm -hmm. Of course, mosquitoes are often found around standing water like ponds or storm drains. And even if you do get bitten by a mosquito, it usually resolves itself within a few days. So this is kind of more of an annoyance situation. But in some parts of the world, mosquitoes carry some really serious diseases like malaria and yellow fever. And historically, some of those have even been here in the United States. Mm-hmm. The one major worry we have in the U.S. is West Nile virus. It's not super common. That's what mosquitoes. About, what about Zika?
1: Isn't Zika transmitted through mosquitoes
0: too? Yeah, and I guess I'm being kind of a U.S.-centric. That hasn't been found here. It's more It's is it very, South America. Is South America a very warm climate kind of situation? Mm-hmm. The next most common sting or bite are tick bites.
1: Really? Have you ever had a tick, Miranda? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And it was the most terrifying thing. And I got it off when I was coming off the bus. And I called my mom and I'm like, I have a tick. And she was trying to walk me through how to pull it out like over the phone. But I definitely left like half its body under like I didn't get the head. And so it was really gross. And I was traumatized. So when you have a tick bite, it usually is like a very swollen area
0: with um a brown or red spot. It can even look like a burn or a blister. Well have you seen...
1: ever had a tick? Haven't you ever no. had a tick?
0: No. I what? haven't. What? No. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: I have kind of like a really big fear of ticks. I had a tick in my hair once, but it <gasps> oh. hadn't bitten me yet.
1: Oh gosh. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I had a little dog that got a tick, but the tick bites that I have seen, Mm -hmm. you can see the tick, which it sounds like what you had. Yeah. They, like, get in there. I guess sometimes they'll get, like, all the way in there, so Mm -hmm. you won't even see the tick anymore, and it looks kind of like a blister or a burn. Of course, ticks live outside in greenery. They are, you know, lush, grassy areas, mostly. Deeper grass, you know, not like they might be in your front lawn, but probably not if you mowed the grass. And they can actually stay in your skin for an extended period of time, which really scares me. Ew. Yeah. Okay. So there are some major concerns with ticks. And the biggest one of those is Lyme disease. And I know that it's not super common where we're at in the southeast, but it has been detected here. It's way more common the further north you get. And then the- out west, there's some different ticks. But anyway, as far as Lyme disease, Lyme disease will be a future topic. Put a pen in it. Nice. Um because it's very complicated, and I really kind of want to get into it more. But the earliest sign of it is a bullseye rash, like, and normally around your joints. So you'll have this series of hmm. rings. My husband and my husband's entire family have all had Lyme disease at least once, if not more often. Fun fact, Lyme disease is actually named for Lyme Connecticut, which is where he, that's not far from where he's from. Hmm. So that's where the name comes from. So obviously it's very common up that way. Hmm. Here's the tricky thing about Lyme disease. If you detect it early, you can take a round of antibiotics and that pretty much takes care of it. Like that's not to say that it doesn't still exist within you. But that takes care of all of the major symptoms. Hmm. Um, If it goes untreated, it can turn into a whole series of weird things.
1: Yeah. Um, Like, I don't, I feel like sometimes people don't know they've had Lyme disease until like years later. Right, right. And it's a hard, it's a
0: hard diagnosis, honestly. If you don't get the bullseye rash or know that that might be what you have, it's hard to to know that Mm. that that's what you've got. I'm not going to like to go into this right now, but I just wanted to ask you, Miranda, if you have heard there are a number of tick borne illnesses that are just being discovered and learned about. And I wanted to know if you have heard of the one that causes you to be allergic to meat.
1: I feel like I did hear something about that, but I don't know. I don't know much about it. It's wild. It's a wild. In the world, ticks
0: are not to be messed with so (laughs) we'll come we'll come around and get some tips for everybody so we can hopefully if you like a
1: good steak like me okay
0: next on my list
1: is bee stings have you ever been stung by a bee oh yeah I have lots of bee sting stories do you yeah would you like to hear one I would. I would like to hear one. <laughs> okay. So I was getting ready. I was like maybe 16 and I was getting ready to drive my younger sister to somewhere she was going. And, and again, she's like five years younger than me. So I like walk down to my car. I'm like getting my car already because I'm a cool teenager who's driving. And I hear this blood curdling scream like something terrible has happened to my sister. Like she's impaled or something is on fire. So I'm dying. I'm terrified. And I go sprinting toward her like right running full steam ahead. And as I'm running this bee, like I I, like run into this bee and it goes right into my bicep, like with its stinger. And I'm looking down and I'm running and I'm like a blur. And this bee is like wedged in my bicep, like by his stinger. And I'm just like, and I grab a hold of it and I rip him out of my arm and I keep on running to like protect and rescue my sister. And I finally get to her and I'm like, what happened and she's like i think i got stung by a bee and i'm like me too so oh my god so you were trying to save her and then it caused you to be stung yeah and we both ended up with with bee stings but mine was way worse because that guy i'm telling you he was like he was like a screwdriver had T- taken him and like screwed him into my bicep. I had to yank him out by his body. It was so, it's like the manliest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to talk about a few things that you mentioned in your story. You're going to learn something here. In All a right. second. Okay. yeah but so bee stings obviously the sting itself is like a red spot surrounded by a larger swollen white spot that's typically what they look like when they mm. happen <laughs> here are some of my fun facts popular to contrary be- belief many bees with the exception of honeybees can sting more than once oh that is a fun
1: fact did you know that? No. I've also heard that like some bees die after they sting too. Oh, yeah. No, they normally do. So
0: listen here. Did you know that only female bees and wasps can sting? No. Really? Yep. So that bee that stung you while Mm -hmm. you were going to rescue your sister, it was not a guy. It was a girl Oh, because their stinger is actually their ovipositor, which Mm. is what they use to lay eggs. Mm -hmm. Oh, my
1: gosh. Did it lay eggs in my arm?
0: No, no, (laughs) no. They sting as a defense mechanism. But that's why the males can't sting because they don't have that part. Hmm. Now, it's only honeybees that die after they sting you once. And that's because their ovipositor is serrated. Mm-hmm. So when Ooh. they stick it into you, uh-huh. it, it comes like off. tears their
1: abdomen. Ew. Oh my gosh. Why? Yeah. We need a better design. That's a, that's not a good design.
0: Well, I kind of spent some time looking into that. Uh-huh. And um, it's really just like, it hasn't had a need to change because be honeybees live in such huge colonies
1: oh wow they're just expendable but you yeah, know isn't that sad well they really need to fix that because i feel like everywhere i see like save the bees like there's this honeybee shortage like we need you girls to stay alive so please oh, keep no. yourselves overall, together. At,
0: overall as a whole but like obviously that's not affecting their um you know, their whole strategy as far as evolution is concerned, because there are many, many, many honeybees in each hive. Okay. So I found this thing online and we are going to have a link just like I will with all the sources that I'm using today, but we are going to have a link in the show notes and I really want everybody to go look at it. It is like a, what do you call Like an infographic that is called a guide to yellow stripey things, and I don't know. Maybe it just hit me as funny, but it
1: no, has. That's, that's really great.
0: It, <laughs> it has. Um, it has all of the different because, like, bumblebees do sting. Uh, carpenter bees cannot sting Mm -hmm. really the most aggressive and stingy type things are more in the wasp family right right yeah right so and and then there's like these crazy wasps that are called cicada killers and they're like huge and they just eat cicadas but anyway I think you Mm. all will enjoy it as well so we will put that in the show notes but it's the guide to yellow stripey things nice The next type of bite, spider bites.
1: Oh, I don't don't
0: know how you feel about spiders.
1: Mm, mm. I have, you know, I, I have a respect for them. I don't necessarily want to be near one. Agreed. I feel exactly the same way. So a spider
0: bite, if you're just seeing the bite, it typically shows up as two raised like itchy bubbles or blisters. Hmm. And it can be all different colors, red, yellow, clear. Obviously, based on the size of the spider depends on how far apart the two bites are. So that's more or less if you're like, trying to identify a bite or sting. Hmm. Spiders are commonly found inside shelter, like either in the house or in, or in a box mm-hmm. or in a shoe that's in the garage. Like mm-hmm. They like kind of dark sheltered spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them aren't dangerous, which is good news. However, there are certain types of venomous spiders, including brown recluse and black widow. And obviously those need medical treatment as soon as possible. The next thing is specific to us here in the south. And I, and I have heard that they are spreading, um, but they don't survive the winter up north.
1: Fire ants. Oh, gosh, you have you have lots of fire ant stories, Melanie. Are you going to share a fire ant story with us? Today? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share
0: my very first fire ant story in a minute, though. Okay. Um, So for those of you who don't live near here, fire ants are the spawn of Satan. They come (laughs) straight from hell. it's so true <laughs> they are incredibly uh, aggressive and very hard to get rid of mm-hmm. despite what your redneck friends might say it doesn't matter
1: what you dump on that pile mm-hmm. they're gonna come back yep you and need to call just a pest gonna control find company. another spot in your yard to go to mm-hmm. and then they're gonna destroy your grass and all your stuff yeah oh, oh they're so and, nasty oh anyway
0: Anyway, as far as what a fire ant bite looks like, it is a red spot that has a blister, almost like a pimple. But Mm. it has a very particular look to it. And if you've seen it, you know what it is. Fun or non-fun fact about fire ants, (laughs) when one of them stings or bites you, they tell everybody else to bite you, too. What? It's a a
1: swarm bite. That's why they all come out like that oh my gosh right how do they it's like ant man like the way that they can communicate mm-hmm. like that they it's have unbelievable ant telepathy or something
0: oh I my mean, gosh. honestly if you watch some of those like um those documentaries the ones that david attenborough does the mm-hmm. uh, they have one that has ants in it they're it's fascinating mm-hmm. but as i said these fire ants are from hell mm-hmm. but, that's so true I, I'm going to come back to my aunt's story in a minute. But first, I want to give us some tips to per- protect ourselves against bug bite and stings. So, of course, the good news is most of these are preventable if we take the appropriate steps. Now, firstly, wear breathable protective clothing that covers much of your skin as comfortably as possible, and this is especially when you're spending time in grassy or wooded areas. Now, that's mostly relating to ticks and mosquitoes. Obviously, clothes would clothes would help protect you from bees or wasps as well. Use an insect or a insect or bug repellent if possible. Use one that is sunscreen and bug spray and then you're protecting both at once. Ooh, well that's uh, new. I haven't seen that before. I think there's a brand called Bullfrog that's both. Oh wow. Sometimes it's hard to find, but well, we should probably all look into it. Yeah, that's nifty. Nifty galifty. Yeah. Well, so the American Academy of Dermatology recommends that you use a bug spray that contains 20 to 30% DEET. The next tip is to be aware of your surroundings. Do your best to stay away from nests, hives, or standing bodies of water. If y'all are going on vacation to, say, South Carolina, north carolina florida you want to have like a nice beach vacation google what a fire ant hill looks like so you know because if you were say a young child who had come from ohio to go on vacation you like ants you even have an ant farm in your bedroom like when you go out and play in the woods you dig up a little spot in the anthill just to watch them crawl around. You're not afraid of ants. I see where if this you're, is going. If your mother really wants to get a picture of you in front of a palm tree and she insists that you stand there, oh, but no. you won't stand still. And she is uncharacteristically yelling at you, stand still. Why are you moving? <laughs> Let me get one picture, Melanie. Just one picture. <laughs> you know, Melanie might be standing on a fire ant hill, and she might have both of her legs all the way up to the knee
1: covered. Oh, in fire. Oh, ant bites. Oh, no. Oh, no. How old That's were you? Like five. Oh, bless your little heart. Oh, yeah. sweetie pie. Oh my gosh. Well, that is my public
0: service announcement for anyone from up north who is traveling south. Familiarize yourself with those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I still to this day, I'm 42 years old. I still until to this day when i go home to my parents house in ohio i kick my shoes off and i walk around in the grass because you can't do that down here
1: in the south <laughs> it's true
0: i mean you can do it in my yard because i pay a pest control company to come and kill sp- Satan spawn out of my yard <laughs> But that doesn't mean they don't come back. I mean, they're very resilient, those Mm -hmm, things. So mm -hmm. so anyway, familiarize yourself with what these nest hives and, and anthills look like so that you do not end up covered in bites. So, of course, what do we do if we notice a bug bite? I mean, these are pretty common sense situations. With the bumblebees and some of the wasps, if the stinger is still in the skin, which it sounds like that's what happened, with you, mm. you need to remove that stinger. Now, the most suggested way to do that is to use like a credit card and like scrape it. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. They they really don't want you to use tweezers because I guess sometimes you cause damage to your own skin. So the hmm. credit card scrape is what's recommended. Hmm. And then clean that area of the bite with gentle soap and water. Of course, you can use an ice pack to kind of help hydrocortisone cream or antibiotic ointment if something starts blistering. With the fire ant stings, they will blister up like almost like a pimple. Yeah. And I think the jury is out on whether you pop that or leave it. Either way is bad. Yeah. They don't feel good unpopped and they don't feel good popped either. So, um, but, you know, the biggest thing is to make sure that we're not getting infections in these bites or stings. Of course, ibuprofen, acetaminophen, you know, something to help with the pain and antihistamines can help. Now, I have to put this in here. And this is critically important. If you or someone that you're around gets bit or stung by something that they haven't been bitten or stung by before, pay attention to their vital signs because there are many humans among us. That have very severe allergic reactions Mm -hmm. to stings and bites. Yeah. So you need to make sure that they're able to breathe, that their heart rate is normal. And obviously, you know, if you see any signs that it might be something, seek medical attention as soon as possible. Great Um, point. Because there are a lot of people especially with the bees and the wasps Mm -hmm. there are a lot of folks that have like an anaphylactic reaction Mm -hmm. um so that's very important a lot of people who have that are already aware of it and for those folks so if you're having like your friend your kids friends over and somebody has that type of reaction Make sure their mom leaves their EpiPen, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to end up in a situation where you don't have it on hand. Yeah. So we'll come back to that. Now, I did add this at the last minute, but I think that it is an important thing to mention because I know many folks travel to the beach for their summer vacation jellyfish stings Ooh, what a surprise yeah Yeah, a bonus sting it's a bonus sting i love it now here's an important thing for y'all to know most jellyfish stings are not life-threatening they hurt they're annoying and they're super surprising because you don't expect it in my personal experience and i've lived near the ocean for over 20 years Usually, what stings you is what a lot of people refer to as jelly balls. They're not even like necessarily a specific species. They're very small. You probably won't even see them, but you'll feel them. How when big you're in are the water. they? Like a marble? Tiny, or- like they're that? Like it varies. And I mean, hmm. a jellyfish isn't a fish. It's a colony of. It's complicated, but anyway. Hmm. Just know that most of them are not life threatening. But my tips for this are to make sure that you watch if you're on a beach, there are beach warning signs. Like they'll put a flag up, yeah, like yeah. just like they do if there's sharks, they will yeah. put a flag up that shows that there are jellyfish in the area. Like I said, not life threatening in most cases. The best advice is to rinse the area with seawater despite The plot line of that one episode of Friends, do not pee on a jellyfish sting. It is not going to help. There is absolutely no scientific benefit of that. It doesn't help at all. Plus, it's super awkward. Just don't do it. (laughs) So the best advice is to rinse the area with seawater and apply baking soda. If you are on a beach where there are lifeguards, go talk to the lifeguard because the lifeguard is there all the time and they know what's up and they know what to do. They probably Mm. even have baking soda. In their fanny packs. In their fanny packs, Mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. So those are my tips. That is the most common summer stings.
1: Wow. I'm still stuck on a jellyfish is not a fish. Just like a ringworm's not a worm. I am just, my mind is blown. <laughs> you, I learn so much every time we do this. You teach me so many things. And it's only the female bees that can sting you. And they don't always die when they do, only honeybees, because it tears them from the inside out, which is really morbid to think about. That's terrible. Yeah. But poor, yes. poor girls. So, y'all, be aware of your
0: surroundings. Be careful out there.
1: Be careful out there, everybody.
0: All right, Miranda, so I have a feeling that you are going to give us some tips so we don't end up like you did in that second bathroom.
1: (laughs) I'm going to do my best. So I wanted to do a topic on traveling with your kids and your family, like going on vacation and stuff, because I know we'll probably all be going somewhere at some point over the summer. But when I really started looking into this, I kind of decided I want to break it up into actually planning the trip and then actually going on the trip. So there's going to be a topic later on about planning your trip, because I feel like we tend to do that in the winter months, you know, so that we have something to look forward to when the weather's nice and, you know, everything's beautiful and glorious and we have summer off and school's out. So this topic is going to be about going on the trip. So for all of the trips you've already planned and are about to go on, I'm going to give you some tips and uh, best practices to help you be successful and not run into um, a situation where you are on your hands and knees in the gas station bathroom with poop all over the place. So, okay. shout out! Shout out to that mom though who who encouraged me. That's what we're. That's what we need to do. I believe in that. Shout out to all moms that encourage other moms. Yes, it made a difference. It really did. Okay, so we're gonna just kind of jump into these tips here. So the first tip is all about packing. What can we do to pack like a pro? Packing is always my
0: weakness because I always feel like I need just one more of every category of item.
1: Yeah. I I struggle because I like to have choices and options and things, but we want to be practical, but we want to make sure we have what we need. So I want to start with the most important thing that you need to take with you ever, anytime you go anywhere, and that is simple medicines and a first aid kit. Good point. Even if it's just a day trip, you probably want to have just a very basic first aid kit. We keep one in both of our cars and um, some very important items in there, including a throw up bag. (laughs) Yes. You never know if you're driving down the road and you have a little one in the back get car sick. You can save yourself a lot of grief if you've got the bag handy. So, And they make them now, um, you know, with like the little ring at the top, the little circle at the They're top. They're cool. And you can twist them. They kind them. of look like a um, Jiffy Pop. It does kind of look like a Jiffy Pop. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. So definitely keep one of those in your car. And tying back to your point, Melanie, always keep some Benadryl in there yes. as well. Because always. Because you don't know if you may have an allergic reaction to a bite, a sting, some type of plant that you encounter. And that can really be a game changer and maybe even life-saving. I don't know. Keep some Benadryl on you and keep it accessible. Yeah. And when it comes to kind of packing like first aid kits and things along those lines, they also make these little rehydration packets and tablets. And those can be really great to add into your water bottle. I know a lot of times when I'm on the road all day or out traveling, like we don't stop and pee as often as we probably should, because we're not drinking as much as we need to be. And you've already taught us all about kidney stones and the importance of staying hydrated. So everybody make sure that you are keeping yourself hydrated. And a great way to do that is with some rehydration packets or tablets. And that also can prevent a migraine as well. Hydration Mm. is
0: an important
1: factor in Mm -hmm. a lot of things. And something that would have saved me, and somebody told me this before and I just kind of blew it off and didn't think much about it, plastic bags always keep a thing of gallon ziploc bags with you when you're traveling. this they can just be used for so many different things. It's incredible. Whether you have to throw a pair of poopy pants away, whether Mm -hmm. you need to store some leftover snacks or split things up and distribute things amongst your littles in the back seat, whether you need to pick something up that's really gross, like maybe even some dog poop at the gas station or somewhere and you don't have any other bags, Ziploc bags, just big plastic bags are the way to go. I've also heard Sharpies are really great because you can like write on people's cups. A lot of times when you're traveling, you may be using like styrofoam cups or solo cups, and then it can be really, Wasteful. So mm-hmm. using just having a Sharpie with you and having that mentality that hey, we're gonna reuse can be really or even helpful. my
0: family always labels bottled water.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because everybody opens a bottle of water and then and they're, they're all they laying all around. The same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple little things that can make a big difference for sure. Okay, let's talk about packing items for your family, like when you're getting ready to hit the road. Um, For your kids, make sure they have the things they really, really need to have. If it's like something special or like a comfort to them, whether it's a blanket or a stuffy, could you imagine how many times have you had to go back for Jonah's owl that he has? We only (laughs) lost her one time. She
0: stayed at Target for about five hours. But she hasn't been allowed in stores since then.
1: Mm. It's important to these kids to have their stuff. And, you know, you don't want to leave their most favorite stuffed animal in another state. So, of course, if you have an infant or a teeny tiny little baby, it can be really challenging to travel with them because they have so much stuff. Oh, my gosh. The car seat, the stroller, the pack and play, the baby bathtub, all oh. of the things. And it's oh. so stressful. So one thing that I learned is there's like these baby rental companies. Not You're not renting yes. a baby. You're renting like the stuff a baby needs when you go to another city.
0: I have a former classmate of mine that that's what she
1: specializes in. Really? Oh, that's perfect. We should spotlight her if she'd be cool with that because I will send her a message.
0: Like she's out west near a national park. So I will message her because I hadn't even thought of that. But I read all of her stuff on Facebook that that's what she's doing because people fly places Mm -hmm. and then it's, you know, you don't have a pack and play or a stroller
1: or, you know, whatever the case may be right and if you're staying somewhere for a long time those things can really be an enhancer to your trip you know to have a stroller for and sure. a and play. but it's not like a you want to go out stroller. and buy one you want so, like a good stroller. yeah you want like a heavy duty guy now the baby bathtubs thing i have never <laughs> taken a baby bathtub anywhere with me it's a sink bath or the even better like just hold them in the shower and rinse them kind of thing when they're that small. I'll never forget um, I went to the beach with my mother in law and like all my nieces and nephews when they were like little itty bitty and we all went down to the beach for the day and when we came back up to the beach my mother in law like hops in the shower and it was like an assembly line like we're just handing her baby after baby through the back side of the shower. She's soaping them and washing them and then spitting them out the other side. We're drying them off and putting the next one in. So Amazing. (laughs) I highly recommend that method Uh, my mother-in-law had four kids so she has a lot of tricks when it comes to traveling with kiddos
0: i feel like i have to add this so my parents house does not have a bathtub my parents converted the only bath shower in their house to a walk-in shower Mm -hmm. so when jonah was little my mom ended up buying one of those um you can use it for like cold stuff if you're having a cookout it's mm-hmm. like an inflatable it holds ice and you put oh yeah stuff on top of nice. it yeah yeah we put that in the shower okay and gave jonah a bath in the inflatable buffet nice so you know <laughs> i did not travel with a baby bath get creative That's awesome. y'all there's yeah there's stuff s- out there there's so
1: many ways to do it yeah it's it's easy. So really, the the message there is only take what you really, really need with you that's going to enhance your trip and not just be a frustrating piece of equipment that you have to carry around. Okay, last tip for um, just kind of packing in general, and this is just like what goes in the suitcase. There's lots of things that you can do here to try to be successful. When you're flying on a plane, obviously, it's a little bit more difficult, especially if you're trying to like, yeah, combine sure. stuff for checked bags. That's what we always did growing up because there were three kids. And so we would put all of our stuff into one checked bag to try to save money. And we used packing cubes, and they were great. So I would Put all my stuff in one packing cube. My sisters would put their stuff in a packing cube, and all of that went into the check luggage. It was so handy because it kept everybody's stuff separate, but it was all still together. And then, like, whenever we got where we were going, I could take my cube, you know, to my room and put it in my room, and my sisters could take their stuff and take it to their room or whatever. Um, Just kind of keeps things a lot easier. Also, when it comes to picking out your clothes, and um, I know we've probably had a little bit more practice with this as moms, but you really want to try to pack multi-layered outfits for every family member for the number of days that you're traveling. And it's really great when you can kind of coordinate and mix and match things. So there's lots of different options depending on the weather. So I'll always try to stick to just kind of a basic, you know, oh, here's like four pieces and I can kind of wear them, you know, all together, mix and match, depending on how it's going to be. And then... Don't forget to bring accessories like sun hats for your babies or maybe a rain jacket that can roll up or like a poncho that can, you know, be stuffed somewhere. Gloves if you're going somewhere cold. I I, I personally like it's like one of my biggest irritants to travel somewhere and forget to even bring like a ball cap with me because, you know, you're traveling, your hair gets all gross and you don't feel like fixing it. and You got a million things to do. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, crap, I don't have my ball cap i left it at home and then you like buy it at some random gift shop and it's like twenty six dollars yeah i was just gonna say like fifty dollars but you're like well i need it right right and then you're just like now i'm stuck with this hat that you know i have ten other hats i
0: mean i have a pair of star wars socks in my closet that are because (laughs) my ankles were freezing when we went to disney in january were (laughs) they twenty dollars yes Mm -hmm. Was I willing to spend it? Absolutely. Yeah. But I could have had a pair of socks in my backpack.
1: Mm -hmm. Easy, easy little things like that to keep in mind. Obviously, when you're flying, that's like a whole different animal when it comes to toiletries. Always Mm -hmm. make sure you look at, you know, the latest TSA rules and regulations for what you can and can't take. But if you're not flying, if you can bring shampoo, conditioner, lotions, all of these kind of items that can be shared among members of the family that makes it so much easier for you especially if you're staying somewhere like an airbnb where like four people are Mm -hmm. sharing the same bathroom and then before you know it everybody's brought their own thing of soap or their own thing of shampoo and then the whole place is just cluttered so I try to keep things more simplified and you know organized by by doing things like that Um, and of course make sure you pack Your sunscreen, like Melanie taught us about last week. Absolutely. And this week, she reminded us, too, to make sure you always bring your bug spray. Or if you can find it, get one that's combined. Yeah, the bullfrog stuff. That's a good thing to look into. For sure. Just a couple more final points on packing and then I'll pack it up and move on. Nah. Try, try to get school-age children involved in the process. Give them some ownership. And definitely, like, if you have teenagers, they need to be packing their own stuff. Like, you don't need to be packing their stuff for them. They need to learn how to do that. Um, but regardless of how old your child is, make sure you do a double check that they did not forget things like cell phone chargers, their ID, prescription medication eyeglasses contacts the things that they're going to need
0: yes and also check and make sure that they're not bringing 25 shirts for a five-day trip
1: yes or 25 squishmallows for a five-day trip well I mean we'll we'll talk later Okay. So when you're traveling, that's all kind of like before you're traveling, when you're traveling and like on the road or on the plane, try to have some engaging things for your kids to do. You don't have to like be a rocket scientist here. There's all kinds of little tips and tricks. One of my good friends, she got like a cookie sheet and some little magnets and for her toddlers to play with in the back and kept all the little magnets in a Ziploc bag and they could like do their ABCs and make shapes and tell stories like on the cookie sheet in the back car like on the cookie sheet. It was really cool. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I loved that. So that like kept them busy for a while. And another thing I've heard of is like you can let your kids like unpack a little surprise or snack every hour to kind of give them something to look forward to obviously that takes a lot of prep work. I've never done anything like that, but I do try to rotate activities. So it's like, okay, you can play your iPad for 30 minutes and then you can read a book for 30 minutes and then you can color for 30 minutes or whatever. Sometimes you have to be really direct with what those activities are and it helps to pass the time. I think like when kids are so little, and I even remember when I was a kid, you know, time moves so slow when you're a it kid. It does. So slow. And when you're in a car on a trip, it's like this is the longest day of my life. <laughs> so having just something to look forward to. I know it's really weird because Fisher is like into the road signs and he wants to like know what mile marker we're at and what exit we're going to so he oh, can count down. That was me. Like really? I learned to navigate on
0: maps, but I mean, I was a kid in the eighties. So yeah. I mean, we're talking like you couldn't watch something in the car. Like that was insane. Yeah, yeah. Then. Uh-huh. So I remember my mom had these and she actually bought some for Jonah. They're like road trip bingo that you like. It has a little slide window that slides over when you see this or you see that. Yeah, we used to make up games that were like what state you saw the license Mm -hmm. plates from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to get creative. Yes, Um, yes.
1: And and I love that like games to pass the time can be a big game changer and i know sometimes when we're traveling we're frazzled we're frustrated um but that can be just as enjoyable as the vacation itself you know fisher loves to play facts and opinion that's like his favorite thing he wants you know to play that um you could play i spy you could do the license plate thing yeah Uh, you could look for things that spell out like all the letters of the alphabet and spell all the way through the alphabet all kinds of little things to do um, just to kind of keep them occupied because it is gonna feel like a really, really long time to them and they're gonna be agitated. Taking some frequent breaks can be good. You know, just kind of showing some grace when it comes to dealing with them getting really frustrated. Yeah, for sure. And air travel is like a whole different animal and I am not an expert on traveling with kids at all via planes. But my sister-in-law, she just got back from Europe with three kids and she loves to travel with her kids. So maybe I'll invite her to come on and she can tell us some of her best practices and things that she's learned how to do. Because to me, that sounds like the most daunting task in the world to try to take three kids on an airplane. It's hard enough to get my own self on an airplane. I was just going to say, well, you're not the best one to ask about <laughs> air
0: travel because you're not the most comfortable flyer. <laughs> um, I will say that I did. I actually traveled with Jonah a lot when he was little because up until he was the age that you had to pay for him to have a ticket it would be one ticket for the two of us to get home mm, to see my true. family. That's true. And because he was good, I mean, he was a pretty chill kid. Um, as long as he had markers and like a movie on his tablet or his iPad, like we would always get direct flights and it's less than two hours. So we were, oh, we yeah, were good to go. Oh um, yeah, that's all. You know, some snacks, some candy. I did always give him, you know, Gum well, once he was old enough, or like just something I would have him eating like when we were taking off and landing for his mm. ears, you know. Oh,
1: very smart. Yep. That was one of the tips that I found was like have them sucking or chewing or doing something right at take off right. and landing to help with their but ears. It
0: is I I too cannot imagine flying with that many children.
1: Oof, I, but yeah, whole different animal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up by talking about once you're on the trip. So now you finally made it to where you're going and it is vacation time. Make sure that you communicate expectations with your whole family. Remember your family is a team unit and you guys need to work together to make sure it's a fun vacation for everybody. And even though you're in a new space and you're going to do a lot of fun things, you are still the same family and you have to work as a team. So give your kids some shared responsibility, give them chores. Give them activities just like you would at home. Give those same chores and activities to your parenting partner as well. So you can take some time for yourself to relax and enjoy your own vacation. Absolutely. Advocate (laughs) for yourself. That's right. Um, One thing that's really important, especially with with younger kiddos, is try to maintain some level of normalcy when it comes to bedtime routines and meal routines. While Mm. it may kind of throw off your day a little bit, it's going to just make things go more smooth because remember their sleep and wake rhythms and cycles are very very sensitive to change and it can be really challenging for you later on if you don't feed them when you normally do or you let them stay up later than you normally do. So uh, be careful with with that. And with foods and sugar, you know, make sure that you are monitoring their intake because it's really easy when you're on vacation for them to have, you know, a syrup soaked stack of pancakes for breakfast. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a big old slushy in the afternoon in the heat of the day. And then, you know, a bowl of ice cream after dinner. And now everybody's cranky and has a Tummy ache, and we all are mad at each other. Just be aware of those kinds of decisions. Um, your le- your trip can be so much more fun if you're strategic and you kind of plan ahead with with that.
0: Absolutely you
1: you have to you have to make limits, even though you're on vacation. Yes. Oh, here's here's a really good tip that I found that I hadn't thought of before. During the day, if you're out and about, especially like if, you're, if you visit a theme park or you visit somewhere where it's kind of crowded, make sure your child has your phone number with them if they're too young to know your phone number. Um, even if it's like a business card that you have that you put in their pocket and tell them that it's there, just in case like they get lost, somebody can contact you.
0: I actually ran into a kid in the bathrooms, and he had, like, right on his mid-back, like, Uh mid-upper back, it was on, like, a piece of masking tape on the back of his shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they had the name and phone number. And mm-hmm. at first I kind of did a double take. I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? And then I'm like, oh, oh somebody doesn't want to lose their kid. <laughs> That's actually really smart because mm-hmm. he was like maybe four,
1: like right. at an age where he's not going to be able to he's tell anybody know. where he belongs. Right. You and know? he may know his parents name, but he-, he may not be able to say it correctly or something. Right. You know? So right. I was kind of impressed by that, mm-hmm. honestly. As I now, was walking away, I was like, Okay. Yeah. Now me personally, I don't know if I would put it somewhere as conspicuously as their back, but I would wanna do it, you know, I'd want to make sure they had it somewhere. Whether it was right. online. No, I, I get it. You know. Yeah. But I mean, like, we
0: were at like a very family place. Like I I don't know. I nowhere's safe, but I I get your point put it somewhere maybe not right there
1: (laughs) make sure they have it and the very last tip when you're traveling with your kiddos is really just to be mindful remember nothing is going to be perfect not everything is going to go according to your plan And there's going to be some setbacks and that can be really difficult especially when you're the kind of person like me where you want to plan and you want to make this grand itinerary and everybody has this amazing time and you've got it Mm -hmm. in your mind how it's going to be and it's just this wonderful amazing thing and then it doesn't necessarily work out that way it's really easy to get frustrated you have to be really really careful to manage that frustration because the last thing you want is for everybody to remember all the things that went wrong and the conflicts right. that you had as a result right. of it, you know, so you can talk about those things openly and maybe you can even get to a point where you laugh at them with your family, which I think is a really fun thing to do, you know, like, Oh, remember we were going to go do that thing that we really wanted to do. And then it didn't happen. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Sounds really dark, but, but it helps no, but you know? that helps. <laughs> and, and an additional tip
0: for those of you who are traveling to the beach, it is going to rain at least one day Mm -hmm. when you are on a beach vacation and honestly possibly every afternoon Mm -hmm. so plan your day accordingly Mm -hmm. you know don't don't be the person sitting on the balcony with tears in their eyes because it was supposed to be your beach day and it's pouring rain right you You know have flexible
1: yeah have backup plans yeah and and just sit back and enjoy it and even when those things don't go according to plan, still try to find the silver lining sit back enjoy it you're modeling that for your kids and that is so important when you're um able to be a good example and show them how to look on the bright side and focus on the positive things that happen and you can always take photos and videos and and then go back and look at them and and remember all those good times so and you can always put a beer in that yeti (laughs) that's right (laughs) when all else fails (laughs) that's what you can do well i've got some uh articles here i'll link up in the show notes but that is kind of the the dive on enjoying your trip we'll do another one on planning and kind of some some good tips for how to plan a, a fun family vacation
0: awesome i look forward to it
1: summertime and the living's easy mel's got a spotlight just for me <laughs> I have a spotlight for all of you.
0: This week, we are spotlighting the Allergy and Asthma Network. For 35 years, they have supported patients with allergies, including those with allergies to insect stings and bites that I mentioned earlier asthma and related conditions to improve care and quality of life. The mission of the Allergy and Asthma Network is to end the needless death and suffering due to asthma, allergy, and related conditions through outreach, education, advocacy, and research. Their website is and And they have really great articles and webinars and all sorts of information dealing with all different types of allergies and, of course, asthma. So I felt like that was a very appropriate spotlight for us here on this summer episode. If you like what you hear from us, be sure to follow our show. And if you really like us, you can leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice.
1: We want to be friends with you. Connect with us on social media by following at Mother Mayhem Podcast or email us directly at mothermayhempodcast at gmail.com.